You are now tuned in to Bree Speaks Unscripted, my blog term podcast. Let's talk about life totally unscripted. Hey y'all, it's me. I know I haven't been on here and I truly apologize for my loyal listeners. Um, I have truly been going through some things mentally and I just felt like I needed a break and you know how you take a break because you don't really feel like putting on and when I say putting on I mean like I don't feel like pushing myself and faking it to you know get my content out there even though I know people love my podcast and some people are like that really helped me and um, I would push myself in that aspect on any occasion but I feel like in this time and where my mental is now I needed to take that break um and I also didn't want to just put out anything and so I'm here back for episode seven and I'm going to try to like I say always to y'all be consistent but I'm going to also be honest and say if I take a mental break I'm going to take a mental break um and I think I just communicate that but um going forward y'all I I'm just going to be real. I'm going to take accountability. I got to do better. Um, But um, I am doing two. Well, I did two things (laughs) this month. So um, I am proud of that. I at least um, put some stuff together. So if you're following Bree Speaks Media, you know we're doing 30 days of prayer. And um, I also posted a blog post um, March 1st. Um, I believe it was March 1st. I posted a blog post um, called I Can't Catch a Heartbreak. Um, I also posted a post about how to march in, um, in this month. And uh, I actually got the, you know, the, like the idea from God. And I was just like sitting in the middle of the night and I'm like, what can I post tomorrow? That's like, instead of just saying, welcome to March, you know, let's set our goals, let's do this. And I was sitting there and I say it's from God only because I feel like where else would it have came from? But, um, I just got this idea in my head and I was like, it's March. I'm like, we need to, you know, and I thought about March 4th because everybody, you know, on March 4th, they say today is the only day that tells you to do something in March. And I thought about that. And then I was like, how do you march? And I was just like, okay, I'm going to do that. And uh, I actually did that post. And lo and behold, that actually got me on stage at my church. Um, I actually thanked my pastor for doing it. He called me up and I didn't know he was going to call me up. He actually caught me off guard and called me up and had me do, um, had me talk about my post. And I was not prepared or ready. It was probably way more stuff that I wanted to say or whatever. But I felt like that night something was unlocked in me. And if you know me from high school, you know, Brianna does not do stages. She has stage fright. I'm talking in third person. (laughs) Um, but I have stage fright so bad and to the point where I used to hyperventilate so bad that like, I probably thought I was going to pass out and my hands would sweat and I, my voice would be shaking so bad you could tell. And so for me to get on stage and freely talk, and even though I was still nervous, um, 
God um, revealed and unlocked a new power in me. And I was very grateful for that because God just never ceased to amaze me. He literally um, shows me who I am. Like I've been praying for that anyway, but he literally shows me who I am and what I can become and who I can be um, through small things. And uh, in that moment, he showed me like, before you used to get on stage and talk in front of people, you did it without me. And this time you did it with me. And because you did it with me, you were still nervous, but you didn't have that fear. And that spirit of fear is something that I've been, you know, trying, you know, like praying to God, like, please take the spirit of fear away. Take that away. I don't want to be in fear anymore. Like when it comes my time to have to do things like, you know, cause I have the podcast and my blog and stuff. And I just feel like in the way that it's going, eventually I'll have to go live and I'll have to get on somebody's stage and I'll have to host something. And I do want to host events for women and all type of things. I have these ideas in my head. So for me to get on that stage and, um, be nervous, but still was able to talk and articulate and talk about my business. It was, it, um, it really unlocked a new power in me and it made me feel like, okay, I can do this. Um, yeah. So shout out to my pastor, but, uh, the topic for today I wanted to talk about, cause I feel like a lot of people, including me, um, we have a hard time dealing with things like we don't actually deal with them we kind of bury bury them deep down and instead of dealing with them they kind of harbor inside of us and it really is bad for our growth um in the blog post i named it i can't catch a heartbreak and I knew when I named it that it was basically clickbait. I wanted to see like, you know, maybe the relationship people would go there. Um, and I had a lot of people look at that. A lot of people probably didn't click on it because they like, oh, I don't need to read nothing about no heartbreak or no relationships. But it wasn't about that. Um, I feel like when we talk about heartbreak, we always talk about relationships and how a man or a woman broke your heart. And I wanted to touch on the fact that we don't only get our heart broken in relationships, um, romantic relationships anyway. We get our heart broken in friendships, um, with our family. Um, our heart gets broken when we are growing and healing. And the number one thing where our hearts are broken, I feel like where we have heartbreak is growing apart from our old self. Like really grieving who you used to be and becoming who you need to be and who God created you to be is probably one of the biggest heartbreaks ever. And I feel like in that, because of, you know, with this podcast and what my blog is about, inspiration, motivation, um, encouragement, and now I've added healing to it. I feel like um, we need to talk about this in a healing form because I feel like we need to heal. Um, and because we're not healing, it actually is stopping the healing process. And so I wanted to pose the question for everybody to think about today. What's breaking your heart right now? Like, what is it that is breaking your heart? Is it losing a loved one? Um, is it you pulling away from your old self and growing away from that? Is it a friendship? that you know you can no longer be in and you have to leave that person? Is it 
um, from a relationship romantically that you know is toxic or even if it's not toxic, you just know that you grew apart from that person and it's not there anymore. Is it past trauma that's breaking your heart because you can't let it go? What is it that is breaking your heart right now? Is it your family? Uh, Like, what is it that is breaking your heart? And also, what is what is it that, you know, why is it so hard to let go of? Why can't you let go of that? I really want you to think about what's breaking your heart and why is it so hard for you to let go of it? And then why aren't you grieving? And so when we talk about grieving, people always think about death. Of course, you know, when you lose someone, um, I've only lost two people in my life. Uh, so I can, I kind of got a picture, but I've never lost anybody like super, super close to me. Um, but I know what it is to grieve someone, um, in death, but I also know what it is to grieve somebody that's still living. And, um, I know we talk about it in death and that's very real, but we also need to talk about it in life to not be with someone anymore or to get rid of, not get rid of, but to let go of a friendship or to grow apart from people that used to be in your life for long periods of time or who held a special place in your heart. That is a grief that is, I feel like is more painful um, not more painful, but it's equally painful because you're literally watching this person. You can see this person if you're still following them on social media, if they're still around, like this person is still living. You could very much call them, text them, whatever, but you have to make a daily choice not to. Um, and I think that is just, it's hard. That is something that is the hardest thing ever. And no pro- nobody's probably ever looked at it that way, but you're literally grieving. You're grieving the good times. You're grieving what it used to be. You're grieving that person leaving your life. And, and sometimes you may not even want the person to leave, but they just have to, or that person needed to grow from you or whatever the case may be you are grieving that relationship. You're grieving that friendship. You're grieving yourself growing apart from family or falling out with family because of where you're going or how you're leveling up. And I just think people don't look at it that way. Like you literally grieve every day, even with um, how you're growing and healing and you, you leave you're leaving behind your old life or, how you used to be like, that is probably the toughest grief I'm actually going through right now. Like and my healing process has been since about when I actually started it and was conscious of it. Cause we're always healing, but being conscious of it and actually making the choice daily to, to heal my past and all the things that I've been through. I've probably been going in probably almost a year and a half, maybe two years. And it is, it's hard. And I was just like, wow, we really grieve those things. Like trying to let go of old and and past things, old life, old habits, the people we grew apart from, um, 
trying to find out where you are, your journey and, you know, rushing the process. And I think that that's what we do is why we can't grieve because we're rushing the process of trying to get through it. Like, oh, I'm good. Oh no. Oh no, I'm good. That, that don't bother me or it is what it is. You know, it's life that's going to happen. Like, you know, we get into this space where we like, okay, it is what it is. Let me move forward because I don't want that affecting me or you bury it. You don't think about it. And I feel like when you do that, there's no way that you can grieve it and move on. Because even in death, when you're grieving somebody, I'm going to say, no, it doesn't get better. It does not get better, but it gets easier. And so when you don't grieve those things like losing someone um, in a relationship or a friendship or you know, or grieving your old life, when you don't grieve it and you bury it or you rush past it, it doesn't make it easier. It makes it harder because what happens is you get triggered. And when you get triggered, you know, you know, that can set you all the way back. Like it's, it does. I'll say that it does. It sets you all the way back. And it'll take you to a place where you're like, Oh, I'm good. I'm growing. I'm healing. I'm doing that. Cause I'd have been there like where I thought I was doing a good job. Like, Ooh, I'm, I'm doing so much better. Like I'm glowing and growing. I feel good. And one thing can happen and I'm right back to the beginning of my healing stage. And that's what it feels like, but you're not. And that's something I had to tell myself And um, even my therapist said that she was like, I think you're beating yourself up about a moment you had. She was like, and you feel like you failed. She's like, but you didn't. You are still going through the process. You still good. You just had a moment. You just had, you know, that that just that time. And just because you had that time doesn't take you all the way back to the beginning. And, you know, I'm just a little dramatic sometimes, but that really. in that time when I was having those moments, I was just like, this is it. I didn't fail. I got to go all the way back to the beginning. I didn't had a, a, a mess up or whatever, but you don't have that. And I feel like that's where we feel like, you know, I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to grieve it because what's the point? Um, even though I feel like we are constantly grieving anyway. Um even though I feel like we are constantly grieving anyway, it's just the fact of as we grieve, it gets easier. And I think besides, you know, with death, that's different, you know, um, it gets easier in death. Um, when you, you know, experience losing a loved one, it does get easier, but it doesn't, you know, take away from what happened or, who they were in your life and you're still going to have those moments. But I think that that's the same thing. And when you're grieving your past or when you're grieving your old life or when you're grieving your trauma, grieving those old friendships, those old habits, when you're grieving that it gets easier. And I think um, that's what I was getting at. Besides death, I feel like with that, it gets easier and then it kind of is a healing thing where it doesn't, it no, it no longer bothers you. And death, of course, you're still going to be like 
thinking about that person because they're gone. But I think eventually um, in the things that I'm talking about now, it gets easier to the point where it no longer bothers you. Um, That trauma no longer triggers you. Losing those people no longer hurt. Um, You know, your old life no longer is appealing. So it's kind of like, yeah, I remember I used to do that. And you could smile and be like, I'm so glad I'm not there anymore. Um, but I think the longer we take to grieve, the longer it takes for us to to really be over it and to find joy and to just leave it in the past. Like Another thing that I feel like we do is when we don't grieve, and we take so long to grieve and we bury all those things instead of going through it and letting it hurt, we start speaking from a place of hurt and a place of pain. And um, our bad experiences, they start to shape our good ones. And so we can't really enjoy the good things that happen or allow them in because we're letting the hurt of the past flood our mind. And so now you're bleeding on people who, you know, who didn't do anything to you. And uh, I just feel like when you're in that wounded stage and you haven't dealt with the things and you start bleeding on people, it's, it's really damaging to your growth. It's damaging to other people's growth. And, um, what it does is it it blinds you to, um, not blind you, but it I would say blind you, but it really makes you. Um, what am I trying to say here? It's hard for you to know when you're bleeding on people, especially if you know I'm one of those people who um, love to give advice. Um, that is my thing. A lot of people come to me for advice. A lot of people come and, um, you know, want my opinion on things. A lot of people vent to me. They feel comfortable with me. And I would be naive to say that I haven't given advice out of pain before. And, um, it's not always a bad thing because it can help somebody, you know, because your pain does shape your you know, how you, you know, your story and your testimony and stuff like that. But sometimes you can mess something up for somebody else because you're speaking out of pain, your pain, the pain that you didn't deal with. And I've been on, you know, um, conversations. I've been in conversations with friends and I'll be saying something and I'll catch myself and I'll be like, this is not their experience. This is my experience. And I'll pull it back and be like, you know what? This is you. You know that person. You know how they are. So if you feel like that person is going to do A, B, and C, then you should, you know, A, B, C, and D. Like, I always catch myself um, because I feel like I don't ever want to talk somebody out of doing something because I gave them advice um, out of my pain and out of my hurt and out of my woundedness. And I think a lot of us do that. Like we think we're doing the right thing, like giving the best advice. And of course you're probably, you're probably giving the best advice 
from your experience and stuff like that. And sometimes you do. I feel like I give great advice, but I know sometimes when I'm giving advice, it comes from a place of where I was hurt or where my trauma is. And because I'm not truly dealing with it or I'm still healing from it, I could mess somebody else up. Like you might give your friend some advice about a guy that was probably really good for her and you gonna mess it up for them or him or whatever you gonna mess it up for them because you spoke out of your pain and so i just think that we just need to um we need to really grieve and really deal with like the hurt like if we don't i feel like it really keeps us stuck you probably can say, no, I seen people, they be elevating, they be doing this, this and that. But even then, mentally, are they good? Like, we see people all the time that we be like, oh my God, they live in this great life. They doing this, they doing that. And we don't know what they're dealing with mentally. Like, it may be great. You may elevate and do some great things and stuff like that. But mentally, you gonna always mess yourself up. And then you never know if you get into a room or a great opportunity and you mess your opportunity up because of your mouth or because of the pain you spoke out of or because of something you said or because you didn't believe you can do it because mentally you still dealing with the trauma or the pain or the past or you know and so I just think um that that's how people, that's how we need to start looking at it. Like when stuff hurts us, when stuff is happening, I need to grieve this. Why does this hurt me? Uh, I started doing a new thing too in my healing where I would literally ask question after question after question. Um, I can't remember where I heard it from, but when I heard it, I said, like, I'm going to start doing that. And so like when something would make me mad or when something would go on, I would get in my notes on my phone. I literally have so many notes in my phone. It's ridiculous. I need to go and clean it out. But I would get on my phone and I would be like, okay, why did that make me mad? And I'd be like, because, because they, you know, they pissed me off. Well, why did they piss you off? Because they shouldn't have never said what they said. Why did what they said bother you so much? Because I'm tired of people saying A, B, C, and D. Like, now I know that's a trigger. Like, that person said that um, maybe that's not what they meant. But I took it as a trigger from somebody else saying it a while ago or whatever. Like, I actually have a better example that I want to give. But listen, y'all, I told y'all I got so many notes. Um I'm trying to think of a situation where, but you get the gist of it to really just ask the questions, go deeper. Why did that make me mad? Okay. That made me mad because of this. Okay. Why did that bother me so much? Why does this bother me so much? Why did that trigger me? Why did it trigger me from them? Like you'll ask so many questions out of each question that you're asking that it'll take you all the way back to childhood. And you'll be like, okay, I got to check that. So then after you check it, now you know, every time I hear something triggering, I can pull myself out of that. Like, that's probably not 
you know, what they mean. Like, this is what I mean by bleeding on people. And you might snap or go off on somebody or cut off a friendship because, because you didn't ask the right questions. You didn't heal that part of yourself. So now you can't even be people's friends because, and I just give you an example, you can't be somebody else's friend because you feel like they exclude you, but really they not excluding you. Um, I swear, like in high school, I used to have like this friend group. We had a friend group and it would always be somebody who felt excluded. And I would be one of those people where I, if if they didn't hang, like certain people would get mad. Like, why y'all ain't call me? Why this ain't happen? Like that is certain, you know, that is just how it is in high school. That's how we, that's how we be. But, you know, you don't own anybody. And as I got older, um, I was not like that because I'm like, okay, I have my own friendship with this person. I have my own friendship with this person. And if I want to go out to eat or go do things with other people, I should be able to do that without feeling like, oh, we should call and invite this person. We should do this. Like, you shouldn't be holding your friends hostage like that. They don't have to always call you. Sometimes they just wanted to go with that person. But that's one of those situations where you have to check yourself. Like, why am I so upset that they didn't invite me? Like everybody not trying to be malicious or do anything wrong. Some people really just have certain people that they call for certain things. You don't know what they were doing on that lunch date, or you don't know what they're doing in their, you know, in their friend group. And that's one thing that I, you know, know I have my certain friends. I have different relationships with different people. And I don't get jealous of, you know, um, who has what and who whose relationship is better and trying to insert myself. Um, one of the things that I've learned growing up, like I know when I was younger, yes, I used to get jealous. Like I can't believe they went without me. Like, but now it's just like, oh, that is so fun. Y'all have fun. I may joke and say, oh, so y'all ain't invite me, huh? Like, you know if something is malicious and you know if somebody is just doing like I ain't talking about the malicious people that just purposely leave you out. Um if that's the case then you know check your friends. But I'm talking about the groups that you know we all cool everybody don't always have to invite everybody out. And for me it's I'm never going to push myself into something anyway. It's just not going to happen. But anyway, we have to check those traumas because then those traumas come from, um, okay, why am I mad that they hanging out? Like, ask yourself that because they didn't invite me. Okay, why does it bother you that they didn't invite me? Oh, because when I was younger, um, my cousins used to leave me out. Didn't nobody ever want me to come. I was a weird kid or whatever the case may be. It'll take you all the way down that rabbit hole if you keep asking the questions. And it's very healing when you just keep asking the questions you need to ask yourself um, to figure out those triggers and stuff. And this is what I mean by grieving. You can grieve by asking yourself questions on why this hurts so bad so you can begin to heal from it. When you are grieving things and you are healing from it and letting it go and asking the questions and figuring it out why that triggers you and stuff. And that's not to say it's not going to trigger you anymore, but the fact that you know why it triggers you is a step in the right direction. If you don't know why it triggers you, it'll control your life for the rest of your life. Every time something happens, you will let stupid things trigger you out of connections, out of 
um, friendships, out of relationships, like stuff that you didn't deal with. I know a lot of people who will be like, oh, I ain't doing that uh-uh, because they did A, B, and C, and D. And I'm a big person on, did, well, did you ask them that? Did you ask them why they did that? Did you talk to them? Did you call them? Like, I am big on that. I do not like to assume um, and I'm not going to say I'm perfect and I don't do it sometimes. Sometimes I do. But in most cases, like, I'm not doing that. I, I'm not going to um, assume anything. And I'm not going to put myself in the rabbit hole because I've had a, and this is growth, literally, because back in the day, I would put myself down a rabbit hole of a scenario. And my best friend tell me all the time, like, your scenarios are hilarious. And I do them now to be funny. But like, um, probably like, back in the day, I would literally overthink myself into a whole scenario that made, literally made no sense. And I would be talking and like, I didn't used to tell people these scenarios, but then when I started telling them to me, they'd be like, where did you get that from? <laughs> like, where did that come from? How did you come up with that? Now, sometimes I have been spot on now I've been spot on, but, um, sometimes my scenarios go crazy. And so anyway, um, Let's get back on topic. <laughs> um, but really, y'all, we have to heal. We have to grieve. And I just feel like in this season, I'm watching a lot of people hurt and I'm watching a lot of things happen in life. And literally everyone is going through a hard time. And what I'm seeing is us brushing it off and and not caring and not getting to the root of it. And I feel like we need to grieve it. We need to get to the root of it. We need to cry. And I have so many people tell me like, I don't want to cry. I don't feel like crying. Cry. I literally cried yesterday and didn't know why I was crying. I'm like, Lord, what am I crying for? When I pray, as of lately, I've been crying, like boohooing, like I can't stop. And it's only because he's been giving me great revelations but cry, grieve, heal, please. Like I really need us to do that because if we don't, not grieving the situation keeps us stuck in certain places. And it's not, not to say that you won't elevate, but you won't elevate to where you need to be and call in, sorry, become all of who God wants you to become when you hold on to the things of the past and even in my how to march thing I said keep moving forward because I've literally been sitting in this beginning of this year thinking about the past and what I wish I would have done differently and why didn't I do this and why didn't I do that so I can be in a better position in life and it's okay for me to do that but you don't get stuck there and so what I'm learning is that I need to grieve that I need to heal and I need to move on because really staying in the past and letting those old triggers and things come back up, it, it keeps me stuck. It it has me not even focusing on the present and the future. And until I was caught up on that stage by my pastor, I didn't even realize I wasn't even caring about my business. Like I got a whole business where I do web design and and I have my podcast and my blog and I'm like, I'm not doing anything on it. I haven't recorded a podcast 
And I don't know when, but I knew my blog post was coming out. I'm like, at least I can, you know, do that. I can write. That's my first love. I love to write. Um, But, you know, I just, I don't know. I just think that I know that in this stage of life, we just need to heal. Even though that grieving process is hard, and it's going to take some time and it's going to be ugly, <laughs> ugly crying, like a lot of just back and forth with yourself. And why did you do that? Trying to figure it out, like a lot of hurt, a lot of loneliness, like you got to do what you got to do. Like you got to let go of those people. You got to let go of those things that no longer serve you. You got to accept the fact that you are growing and that's okay. You got to accept the fact that we getting older and oof. That's been hard for me to accept. Like, oh, I'm like, I'm still young was what I'm trying to think about. But I'm like, I'm really getting up there. I have no more time to waste. And so I feel like because we don't really have no more time to waste, especially the people that's up there with me, like in our 30s, my people that's in their late 20s on the way to the 30s, like we don't have no, I mean, kind of, but we really don't. You don't know when you're going to, you know, leave this earth. And that's one of my biggest fears my biggest fear used to be death but that's no longer my biggest fear um my biggest fear is dying and never doing anything that was fulfilling or being fulfilled or being at peace or being all of who I could have became because I was stuck in the past or I was thinking that I had more time or I just never got up and did what I was supposed to do and so I was um like in this really hard time and I had got a revelation and I was like, I'm just really going through my, my caterpillar stage. And I feel like we're all going through this stage where we are shedding the old us so that we can become anew. And that's why I said in this, we have to grieve because becoming new literally brings up so many things that you didn't even know bothered you. Like, it brings up a lot in, in healing. Trust me, I know. Um, but we are in a caterpillar stage. And when the caterpillar is inside the cocoon, it goes through a process, right? And so we're thinking, okay, this is a caterpillar. They don't go through nothing. They just go in the cocoon and they come out a butterfly easy. No, it's a whole process. And I was thinking about that, like I'm in my caterpillar stage and then I was like, well, really not even a caterpillar stage. I'm in my cocoon stage. And um, I went to go look it up and I'm like, okay, what is in the stage of a of the caterpillar becoming the butterfly? Because I want to know, like, is that easy? Because I don't want to say I'm in my, you know, I'm a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. And it's easy because <laughs> it ain't easy. Um, but it literally said... Um, so in the process of the caterpillar, they go into the cocoon and um, they go through the process of going to um, be in a chrysalis, right? And the outer coating and this outer coating, I would like to think of it as us shedding the old us, this hard outside part of us. This is the part of us that we created on survival, trauma, and pain. This is the us that we no longer want to be. And we are shedding that 
and it sheds like a snakeskin, right? And creates the chrysalis. After the chrysalis forms, the body releases enzymes and they dissolve into cells and all that good stuff and the insects, muscles, and organs leaving behind the most vital supporting cells, which is called the imaginalist cells or disc or whatever. Um, they are the only cells in the body that understand that the caterpillar is going to become a butterfly. And it's not many of the cells that, you know, it's not that many cells that make up the whole body of the butterfly. So those little bitty cells, which I would like to say is just our healing process. Like we don't have a, lo a whole lot to go off of in our healing process, but we have that little bitty imaginable cells and discs. We have that those little pieces, but all of those are going to stretch and come together to form the body of the butterfly. And uh, I feel like when they were saying that, because it, it almost sounded painful, like, you know, like, the, the caterpillar is not, you just sitting in there, like it has to shed this outer coating, which hurts. That's hard. Like just imagine having to sh shed something hard off of your body and it peels off and then it forms this chrysalis. And then that has to um, form into imaginable cells or whatever. And those cells, it's not many, but they all have to stretch to make this caterpillar into a butterfly. And so in the healing process, that's us. Like we don't have much to go on, but we're trying so hard to learn and to grow and use what we have to become the butterfly. And um, God and your will to be one who he called you to be are your imaginable dish. You may not have all the answers, but you have God and you have the will to heal, grieve and grow. And that is how you become the butterfly that you need to be. We don't have to have all the answers. We really just have to trust God and the few answers we do have. We don't know why they left, why we had to go through what we went through. John 13 and 7 says, you may not know, but you will. So I like to believe when the caterpillar goes in the cocoon, it has no idea what is going on. The article said that people think the cocoon is a resting place, but there is no resting going on. There is transformation happening. So the caterpillar doesn't know what it will look like, what it'll be once it comes out, but they go through this excruciating process of shedding anyway. And the article also said the same juices a caterpillar uses to break down its food is the same juices it uses to break down its body. Just like you, the same thing. You know, it's basically your old life is the playbook on how not to go into your new life. And you have to use what you have to shed off who you no longer want to be. So you can emerge a butterfly. But anyway, that was my little, <laughs> that was my little revelation that I got. And so I just feel like we need to go through the process. We have to go through the process. Um, as my girl, um, D-Transparent says, we need to trust the process. And it's, it's hard to trust the process, but it's nothing else we can do. We have to trust the process and trust that we're going to come out a butterfly on the other side. But yeah, um, I just feel like we have to start asking God to show it to us differently. We got to ask him for help. We got to grieve. Um, we need to ask him for help in the suffering. Um, we learning that right now in church. And I feel like everything been lining up because, you know, your girl been suffering. I feel like a lot of people that I know and around me, I know they've been suffering silently 
Um, I don't know their whole story, but I can tell. Um, I never know how, but I've always been like that. I can feel when people are going through. I can feel like when something's wrong. And I don't really ask them. Sometimes I'll check up on people, but I really just pray for people because I know I know how it is. Like sometimes you don't want to talk about it. And some people be one one step away. You touch their back, they gonna start crying. <laughs> like I've been in spots where it's been like, okay. As soon as you hug me, I'm going to cry. Don't hug me. You know, don't ask me. Like, this lady in church um, sat down with me and was asking me what was going on. And I just was trying to fight back the tears because I'm like, this, I didn't want to talk about this right now. Even though I really appreciated her, you know, asking me and getting it off my chest. But it was just like, oh, my God, I really didn't want to cry. Like, you, some people is one second away. You All you got to do is say, what's going on? Are you all right? boom, there go the tears. Like, and it's good for you to cry. That's great. But sometimes you just don't feel like it. You don't want to deal with it. You just want to have a good day. But I just feel like, you know, in this time with everything, we have to realize that the suffering is for our good. Um, I don't ever think that it's for the worse. Um, I, I want to be honest and say, I asked God for some pretty big things. And in asking for those pretty big things, I know this is the reason I'm going through suffering. Like, there's no way you're going to sit up and ask God for, you know, I'm just going to throw something out there. That's not what I pray for, though. But you're not about to ask God for a million dollars and he's not about to take you through every financial suffering you ever been through, every type of situation you can think of. Because you have to suffer, you have to know what it is to suffer. You, For you to make the money, you have to know what it's like to not have any money. For you to make that type of money, you got to have you gotta have the work ethic to where you worked hard for it. To where it's not just handed to you, where you could just spend it up. You have to go through things that make you say, you know what? I got to get my money together. I got to learn how to manage better. I got to save better. He literally takes you through so many things. And I feel like the things I have prayed to God for, he like, oh, you didn't ask for no little, you ain't asked for no little nothing. And also I don't have nothing little planned for you. And so you have to go through the suffering. Jesus went through the suffering before anything, before everything, really. He went through all of the suffering on earth. And a lot of people, you know, always have something to say about, well, you know, why would he send Jesus down here to to die? Why would he send his own son down here to die? That's stupid. He didn't have to struggle and stuff like that. But it was like, he kind of did. He came down here. And I, I want to say this. This is just me saying, like, Jesus came down here on his own. I believe, and this is just my revelation, I believe that God was up there and he was sick. He was sick of y'all, okay? He was sick of all of us, really. And Jesus, you know, if you read your Bible, you know Jesus had a hand in making us who we are. He was there from the very beginning when God said, let there be light, let there be this, let there be man made in my image. He was there. Jesus had a helping in that. And so, with him seeing his daddy always frustrated about what he created, you know, what they created together. He was like, you know what, dad, <laughs> don't y'all laugh at me. This is really how I, I'm thinking about it. But he's like, you know what, dad, 
I got to go help my people. I got to save them. I got to get them, you know, prepared for the kingdom. I got to give them your voice back. I'll go down there and make the sacrifices. I'll go down there. Jesus came down here on purpose to suffer. I think he came down here knowing he was going to suffer. He didn't come down here like, okay, Lord, God, you my daddy, so I need a big house. I need this. I need that. Because he really could have came down here on that and grabbed his people and took them into the big house and still preached the gospel and did what he needed to do because he could have showed them, look at all these things God is doing for me. That's how you know I'm his son. But he didn't do that. He felt like in order for me to understand what my people are going through and why they choose bad instead of good and why they're not being upright like I created them to be. I need to live the way they live and I need to understand them and I need to suffer in many ways that they suffer. So when I see them suffering, I know exactly what it feels like. I can say I was on earth and I was in heaven. So it's nothing you can tell me. It's nothing you can pray to me that does not, that I don't understand. And so that's how I feel like it went. And I feel like he came down here on purpose to suffer. But in his suffering, you know, he died on a cross. But later he was risen from the dead. Like he he ultimately knew. But like in his head, you got to think, you know, Jesus was down here. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going to turn this to a Jesus um, podcast a lesson. And that's okay because we're going to talk about my Jesus. But um, he literally you know, came down here and just think about it. It's Jesus. I I would like to believe that Jesus had the idea to come, you know, down here and stuff like that. And when he got here and was made into baby form, it was gone. His memory was gone. He was literally a normal person. My theory is that, you know, the part in the Bible where people be like, you know, Jesus came back and was like, don't you know I was in my father's house when he was 12 years old? Um, I feel like that's when he finally got the revelation of who he was and who his father really was. I feel like from baby up until about 11, almost 12, he probably was a normal, you know, living. Joseph is my daddy. Mary is my mama. I'm pretty sure they probably told him stories, but he didn't really click it until he was 12. That's why he stayed in town. I'm not about to leave with y'all. I'm talking to my father. He telling me what's going on, what I got to do. And I think that's why we didn't see him from, you know, that it wasn't put in the Bible of what he went through from that time on. Like, I just think that that was the day God told him who he was. And from then on, I think that he was preparing himself for what he did and what we read about and Mark, Luke and John and all that stuff. Uh, that's just my theory, y'all, but either way, I just think that, you know, when he was here, he first wanted to come to suffer. When he got down here and met all these great people, he like, these are my friends, these are my dogs. Like, you know, he was probably crushing on Mary a little bit. Like, you know, he, he probably wanted a life. Y'all don't think Jesus wanted a baby and to get married and to go ahead and finish living the life out and stay with his mama and stuff. Y'all don't think that when he got here, he realized like, oh, it's kind of fun down here. I want to live and get married. I want to fall in love. I want to do, he wanted to do those things. I don't think that he did. And I think he wanted to do those things. And that's why he had to pray all the time. He had to really think about, you know, really had to kill his flesh every day. Cause it's like, okay, I'm half God, I'm half man, but the man part of me, 
and you know sound familiar this is us uh but the man part of him wanted to live the life you know with his disciples and stay with his niggas like <laughs> he wanted to he wanted to finish life out that's why he went to the garden like god if if you could take this cup from me like he was having fun i think jesus was having fun all his friends was down here like come on now i'm ready to stay god i know what we talked about before i came down here but it's kind of fun i see i see what they be well you know what they be doing why they be doing it no but seriously i think that that's what it was and so i just think that um ultimately jesus really had the best thing he died and rose three days and we got the holy spirit we got god's voice back that you know adam and eve got taken away from us um yeah that's shade no i'm saying but um yeah i just feel like you know that's great to go back and you know live back where he was like that was ultimately the best thing and i think that us healing and growing and going through the suffering like jesus did like ultimately when you get to the place of back-to-back joy and you get to the place of i'm healed and those things no longer bother me and get to the place where you never thought you'd get when you get there you want it to be enough you want to be so happy that you're crying like oh my god this is that was all worth it I've seen people that get there and they still feel like it was worth it. And that's why I say mentally, mentally, forget everything else. Mentally, get it together. Emotionally, get it together. Physically, definitely get it together because you need your body to be in good shape and to be in good health in order for you to carry out all the things that God wants you to carry out. But Get your mental right first. The Bible says, there are quotes that say it. So a man think if so is he. And I feel like my thoughts have been negative. They have been disgusting, really. Like, come on now. If this is who I think I am, if this is the thoughts, then that's no wonder my life look like this. Like, get your thoughts together, girl. Get your life together. And yes, easier said than done. But I feel like if you push yourself, if you have the will and the power to do it and you keep praying, listen, prayer, God, that's the only thing that's getting me through. It's the only thing, literally. If I didn't have it, listen, I I, I don't know where I'd be. I, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't know mentally where I'd be. God is the one who gets me through every day. And so, y'all, that's my episode and probably been like an hour long. But I really want you to figure out what's breaking your heart. Figure out how to grieve it. Ask those questions to yourself um, and break it down all the way until you get to the trigger of it, to the root of it. And keep doing that. Is it hard? Yes, but it's not meant to be easy. I mean, how else are you going to have a testimony and a story? You got to think of it as an honor. It's an honor to suffer because Jesus suffered. It's an honor to suffer. It's an honor to suffer for the things that I want because if you had it that easy, you wouldn't want it. It's people that have gotten things in this world so easy, but they mental still messed up. 
And because they got it easy, they don't have anything to be like, oh, I didn't work hard for this, so they're not going to work hard to keep it. When you suffer and you work hard and you keep praying for God to give you something, and when he gives it to you, because he took you through those things, he also gave you the tools to maintain it and manage it. And so if you didn't have suffering, you wouldn't be able to keep the blessings that he give you. And so I just want y'all to grieve, ask those questions, and emerge like the butterfly that you are. And don't let anybody stop you. If they got to go, they got to go. If they supposed to be in your life, that's great. If they not, I don't care if it's seasonal, temporary, get them out of there. Family, friends, 13 plus years, 20 plus years, don't matter. If it's hurting your growth, if it's hindering you, I don't care how comfortable they are, how much they motivate you, how much they do. If that's not the person, if God is pushing you, not even if God, if God is not, it could be just your, if you want to say your intuition, really, that's God. Whatever is pushing you to be like that, they no longer serve me anymore. They, uh, I could do without them. I don't want to do the things they used to, that they do anymore. I don't want to do that. I'm not in that space no more. Let them go. Nobody is worth all that God has for you. It's, it's not worth it. I will follow God until the day that I die and whoever has to fall off falls off. I would rather be right with him and wrong with everybody else. And so, um, yeah, thanks for listening, y'all. I hope y'all listened to the whole thing, even though I didn't went on all different type of topics. But I really want y'all to get to grieve that stuff. Let that stuff go. It's okay to grieve it. It's really okay to grieve it because if you don't, we're going to be still stuck in them spots, still talking about what so-and-so used to do and how that person used to do us and all that stuff. I'm so bad with closing, y'all. I'll keep on going into to stuff. I'm so bad with this. Listen, in 2023, I'm going to work on it. But yes, I love y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for supporting. I hope that this helps somebody to heal or to look at their suffering in a different way. Um, if you really want to you know, look at yourself in a different way. Tune into the Winter Circle Church 1215 on Facebook Live, okay? Every Sunday and Wednesday um, while my pastor is teaching about it because I have learned some things. I've got some revelations from God through it. And it has helped me to really, um, to really get through life better. Um, January and February, trash. But let me tell you, March is it, looking up. It's looking up. And so um, I hope I encouraged you, motivated you, inspired you, or gave you something that helps you in your healing journey. I love y'all. Peace. It is Bree Speaks Unscripted with your girl Bree Speaks. Bye.